Forgive Me would not be possible without our generous parishioners. We'd like to thank Millie Bailey for offering to paint a new portrait of Father Ben. We're not exactly sure why you drew him with so many muscles or why he has horns coming out of his head, but otherwise, the details are absolutely indistinguishable. Incredible work. We'd love to shout out Ember Cabes and her two brand new baby girls. We know you've got a long way to go until you can all go home, but are sending you all of our love as you continue to live it up in the NICU. Become a part of our community over at patreon.com slash rogue dialogue. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In the, In the name, name of, of the, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been over a year since my last confession. Welcome back. What would you like to confess today? Father, I'm ashamed to admit this, but damn it, I've been a part of a dark, twisted game for far too long, and it's time I take accountability. Goodness, that sounds serious. What kind of game? It's a funny question. I'm not sure. Sun Tzu called it the supreme art. Steinbeck called it a failure. For me, it began as a surprise, a sudden inspiration. Sun Tzu, are you talking about war? In a sense, yes, but is it war if you're the only one who knows it's a battle? The only one smart enough, cruel enough to continue conquering when everyone else only sees peace? Can you be more specific on what's happening here? Uh, of course, my apologies. I was just musing. Like a new emperor, looking out at the kingdom, he burned to the ground in order to make it his. Go on. Father, I'm talking about my dismantling of the organization of ushers here at St. Patrick's in order to gain control over the whole enterprise. This is Steve, by the way. What? I don't... Steve, St. Patrick's doesn't have any official organization of ushers. Your order does a fantastic job maintaining the church and facilitating mass, but there are aspects of any community you just aren't privy to. Just because it isn't under your purview doesn't mean it's a lawless place free of hierarchy. I understand that, Steve. I guess I'm just a bit surprised. Why? As far as I'm aware, the ushers here at St. Patrick's are just some helpful dads who show people to their seats and pass the collection baskets. What did you do to this group of people? I can see how you'd think that, of course. Power within an organization like this is subtle. 
It exists within the power grabs, like who will be lead usher for Christmas mass? Who takes collection down the center aisle and who's relegated to the sides? Who gets to put the tiny reserved signs on the seats so their disgruntled mother-in-law has a prime spot for the communion line? I'm ashamed to admit I ripped this brotherhood from its roots and shook it until finally, one day, all these questions had one answer. Me! What exactly happened? How did you do this? It all started 20 years ago. (sighs) Of course it did. My family had just moved to the area and attended mass for the first time. I, unfortunately, had the bladder of a child at the time and thus needed to use the bathroom. I mean... If this was 20 years ago, you didn't just have the bladder of a child. You were one, right? Regretfully, yes. Okay, then. Well, my unfortunate bladder required me to go to the restroom during service, where I'd encountered a group of very serious men who'd greeted me, sipping cups of coffee and playing cards, just outside the door. Really? They were playing cards during Mass? See, this is what I'm talking about. Just because it's part of a service doesn't mean it's within your domain. Yes, they were, just as they continue to do to this day. They do? I mean, I don't think the point of volunteering as an usher is to have an excuse to play cards during the service. I had the same feeling then, so I confronted these men saying, Excuse me, sirs? Yeah, kid. My mother says games are for after mass. And with a cool confidence that can only be ascribed to an usher, old Javier Rodriguez turned to me and said, (laughs) Son, this is how we pray. When we're working before and during mass, it's prayer. When we take our break and enjoy our time, that's prayer too. Well... The Archdiocese views prayers... From then on, I knew the best thing you could be here was an usher. So that really spoke to you then? Absolutely. And 18 years later, after the loss of the great Mr. Rodriguez... He passed away? No, no. He just moved to a town outside Pittsburgh after retiring. It's more of a communal and cultural loss when a great usher moves away like that. They really set the tone for the whole church. Gotcha. Anyway... That November, it was with a renewed sense of hope that I approached the remaining ushers of the 5 p.m. service and expressed my desire to join their ranks. What did they say? Mr. Donaldson looked at me blankly for a couple moments, likely convening with the Lord to determine my worthiness, then said the words that had helped me achieve the dreams I didn't know I had and cause untold destruction in the process. Okay, then. He said, Do you have a suit? Looks nicer if we match. I was in. I still am thankful to Mr. Donaldson, and I perhaps regret crushing him most of all. All right, Steve. I'm sorry, but what are you talking about? Carl Donaldson is a happy old man who is still an usher at 5 p.m. mass. Exactly my point, Father. He's kind, sweet, and an absolute dolt. The kind of man who's beyond content to sit in his swamp of mediocrity and smile like he's at Buckingham Palace. I left him in the dust for a second I got. And how did you do that? You see, the greatness and power of the Usher organization revealed itself to me a few weeks later when I attended Midnight Christmas Mass. It's something I wouldn't expect you to have seen either, blinded by your pulpit. 
What are you talking about? I know all the ushers from different masses tend to participate in the big services. Exactly. Next to the Easter Vigil, it was the most glamorous event on the entire church calendar. After excitedly getting ready and making my way here, I found myself not amongst four, but 12 ushers. And this was exciting to realize there were more ushers? At first, sure. But then I was hit hard in the face by the words to come out of his mouth. Whose? Brian Walker, small claims attorney, father of two, and the best damn usher I've ever seen. Brian, with a calm that made Mr. Donaldson look like an emotional child, turned to the other ushers and simply said, 8 a.m. will hand out the programs, uh, our crew will handle the main jobs, and 5 p.m., uh, I guess you could mind the perimeter? Mind the perimeter? Yeah. He basically told us we'd been turned from ushers into glorified security guards. That whole time I'd been thinking I was looking to get on a platform, but I'd really only touched the bottommost rung on a ladder of power with Brian Walker at the top. I'm guessing that was pretty jarring for you. Mr. Donaldson didn't mind. He didn't care at all that the 5 p.m. ushers were the laughing stock of the church, standing out in our winter jackets like damn fools as the elite ushers got all the glory. I decided to sneak back in and watch the service. It was then I realized being an usher is more than just a lifestyle. It's an art form. What do you mean? I don't know if you remember, but that young bell ringer, Aiden, had a public diarrhea accident in the middle of mass that evening. Uh, how does that keep coming up in confession? Yes, I remember. Well, Brian handled that situation with the deafness and composure of a surgeon. As the explosion rang out, echoing through the church, he swooped in with such confidence. With a smile on his face, he escorted that boy down the aisle, moving just slowly enough that everyone could get their laughs in, but just quickly enough that the smell wouldn't linger. Ooh, Aiden, I think I've got some tums for you in, in the other room. That sounds a lot more cruel than kind. It was incredible. And it was in that moment I knew my destiny. It should be me, not Brian, escorting that soiled adolescent from the altar. So from there you just started going to the 11 a.m. service? I, I know I've seen you attending then. If only it was that simple. I did walk away from the 5 p.m. mass, leaving Mr. Donaldson to rot on that deserted island of a church service. But the next Sunday after Christmas, I put on my suit and went to the 11 a.m. mass with that very intention, only to find myself immediately blocked by him. Brian. He had this smug smile on his face when I walked up like, oh, here comes another one. And you know what he said? What? What's your name again? Don't you usher at 5 p.m. mass? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Total power play. Basically said, hey, aren't you that serf? What are you doing in my castle? I guess that's one interpretation. I said I'd come, hoping to help out, and he says, Thanks so much. We have plenty of ushers today, but you can help hand out the programs. I take it that frustrated you. It was war then, Father. To diminish my role, like I was some nun during communion, I wouldn't have it. Steve, that's no way to talk about the Catholic sisters. Couldn't you have just shown up earlier the next week? The damage was already done, Father. I'd have to climb the ladder another way, by stepping on others. Okay, so what did you do? 
There were already four regular guys, which was Brian's ideal crew number. So I knew my best bet was to pick them off one by one until it was just me and him. It wasn't enough to just convince one of these men not to usher anymore? No, it was a bit more complicated than that. I didn't only want to replace Brian and whichever other guy was in my way that week. I wanted to bring a whole new regime so I could start over from scratch. I see. And how did you accomplish that exactly? I had to get to know them so I could destroy them. Their names were Paul, Andrew, Nathan, and of course, Brian. I started with Andrew, who was easily the weakest link, loved to chat, clearly in it for the social life. Connecting with your community is a great reason to participate with Mass. How does that make him weak? Nothing wrong with it. But if you're going to play in the big leagues at 11 a.m., you can't expect everyone to have your best interests in mind. Go on. I learned about him over a couple weeks at the post-service social hour, discovered his hopes and dreams over chocolate donuts. You see, he has a passion for building birdhouses, which I could easily use against him. How could you possibly use that against him at Mass? In a small town like this, you think there's a big chance to connect with people about something like that? It was too simple. Binghamton has a weekly arts and crafts market, and you'll never guess when it is. <sighs> Sundays? That's right. He showed me some of his work, and with one innocent suggestion, I ensured Andrew's moderately profitable side hustle would erase any chance he had at being an 11 a.m. usher ever again. The poor fool. Huh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Honestly, Steve, that sounds like a very nice thing you did for him. It's hard for someone on the outside to understand. If you say so. With Andrew out of the way, I was able to show up the next Sunday and was in. Paul tried to make the case for his brother, but Brian, the fool, actually stuck up for me since I showed up 90 minutes early. And your next move was to take him down? Yes, which was a lot easier than I expected. Paul and his brother were big hunters, but had both run out of tags for the season. Otherwise, they never would have been to Mass on a Sunday morning like that. I take it you erectified the situation? That I did. Now, I've never personally had a taste for killing. But in this area, it's always a good idea to keep up a license. If only because there's plenty of venison to go around for whoever's willing to share their extra tags. That sounds questionably legal, but I'm sure was otherwise appreciated. And mutually beneficial, if you'd believe it. I've been eating jerky for months now. And how did you manipulate Nathan into abandoning his post? I did what I had to do. Uh, that doesn't sound concerning at all. What? Oh, no, Nathan's fine. I was just trying to pick a piece of broccoli out of my teeth. With him, all I had to use was the enduring power of Catholic guilt. I'm sure you're familiar with the concept. <laughs> Yes, I've heard of it once or twice. We go way back. Catholic guilt? No. Well, y yes, but 
Nathan and I, old family friends, actually. His grandma and my pop are both in the same home. So I just so happened to know that he hadn't been to visit in a few months. Ah, uh, I think I see where this is going. I let him know that, you know, I was just over at St. Anne's and I ran into your grandma. She told me she's been missing you. He melted like butter right then and there. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been a while since I've made my way out there to see her. My mom's been on my case about doing that ASAP. Why not go right now? I could take care of 11 a.m. mass for you. Seriously? That's so nice of you. I, I think I will. Decided to skip mass and drive out there to be with her. Goes every week now at this time. To the mass that Father Clem does there? Like clockwork, which just left me and the big kahuna himself. Okay, so what happened here? I'm starting to realize that I actually haven't seen Brian in a few weeks. I broke his interest and ability to participate in church. Tore him down by finding his weakness. Steve, this sounds like it's getting dark. It is. And I'm sorry. For the next few weeks, I learned about Brian. The man liked to talk. You know how much money I've sunk into the Syracuse District Match Play Championship this year? Mostly about golf and people who are professional golfers and bets he made on golf. But every now and again, he'd reveal something about his life I could use. Like what? I learned he and his wife aren't together anymore, for one. Yeah, my wife and I split up a year ago. Getting myself out there has been pretty tough. Especially now that I'm in my 40s. And most importantly, that he's a fan of salsa dancing. Why is that important? Because of where I work. I'm an office manager at my cousin Kelly's small downtown studio. She's an impressive woman, always looking for new clients, but has one fatal flaw. How is this relevant? She's a Lutheran. Steve, I don't think I'm following you. Don't you see? It was the perfect scenario for me to pair these two up. So she'd make him come to her church. You know, the one down the street with the whimsical name? The Church of the Ascension? Ha! Yes, that's the one. Oh, Lutherans and their holier-than-thou parishes. Anyway, I set a plan in motion by inviting them both to play doubles tennis with me. Just the three of you. You're catching on. We arrive at the court and I pretend to get a call from my partner. Oh gosh, Adam. I'm so sorry to hear you got food poisoning. Darn. <laughs> Brian, Kelly, it looks like my doubles partner just canceled. Maybe you two could play singles instead? I don't see why not. Ugh, sure. And that worked? Not immediately. But I did notice Brian suddenly dropping by the studio a couple times a week. Welcome back. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm happy to be here. I just hope you're not too sick of me yet. Not quite yet. Ask me again tomorrow. How does this end in him no longer coming to St. Pat's? My cousin Kelly. She's a sweetheart, but she's had some terrible luck when it comes to the men in her life. From one dead-end relationship to the next. Put two and two together, and those two kids might just become an item. <laughs> So let me get this straight. The only things you're confessing to are helping two people find fulfillment through their hobbies, bringing another closer to his grandmother, and setting two more up in a relationship? I think what I'm confessing to is severing these people from their service as an usher. Steve? Well, I don't know what to say here. I mean, you're certainly right. The church teaches that a good action with bad intentions is a sinful one regardless of the outcome. 
How are you feeling about it? I feel, well, bad. I've reached the pinnacle of my vocation, but in a way that seems impure. That's understandable. You know we haven't spoken much, but you seem like a very thoughtful person. It makes me question the reasons you said you want to be an usher. What do you mean? You mentioned this idea of relaxing, playing cards, and looking the part, but I feel like it's the acts of service you get most excited about. I mean, if you wanted to have more of a rotation in the ushers at major masses, there were much simpler ways to go about it. You read people and what they need, and for the most part, help them get it. Now I'm not sure I get your point. We already established your issue is just with intentionality. I think you just need to pray and reflect on your vocation. I'm not giving up being an usher. Steve, I don't think you should. I think being an usher fits you well. I just hope you'll begin to do it with the intention I see inside you in the first place. Service, thoughtfulness, and kindness. What about these guys I stepped on to get here? It seems to me like these men had a plant that you replaced with flowers. Yes, you shouldn't have acted with malice, but if their lives are fuller this way, it isn't something worth interfering with. I guess that's fair enough. So it's settled then. Unless there are any other Machiavellian schemes you have for me? Thanks, Father, but that's all for now. <laughs> Anytime, Steve. I'll see you on Sunday, and I'll be on the lookout for any hidden decks of cards. We'll see about that. is a Rogue Dialogue production. This episode was written and directed by Jack Marone and Bob Ramunda. Here's our cast in order of appearance. Jack Marone, Steve. Casey Callahan, Father Ben. Julian Danner, Young Steve. Giancarlo Herrera, Javier Rodriguez. Josh Urbino, Carl Donaldson. Alexander Danner, Brian. Jeff Andreessen, Nathan. Emily Battles, Kelly. Script editing by Jordan Stillman. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Sound design, score, and mixing by me, Adam Ramunda. All of our graphic design comes from Sam Twardy. Find out what we're up to by following at Forgive Me Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Did you like the show? If you did, go follow it on your favorite podcast player. If you really enjoyed it, rate it and review it on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. If you haven't noticed already, we now have ads. And that's because we've partnered with the incredible team over at the Fable and Folly Network in order to help pay our team for their time making this show. Right now, we're asking listeners to take a short survey, which will help us learn more about what you like about our work and what kind of advertisers you'd like us to partner with. Participants will receive a grab bag of bonus content from various shows across the network. If you have a few minutes to spare to help us out, head on over to fableandfolly.com slash survey. We will be back soon for our Christmas episode. 
See you soon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Meet Pia Casely, a journalist with a nose for a good story. Do you know who the last person to interview Julie Capsom was? Me. Meet Brenda Bentley, a dogged detective with a case she can't let go. Nobody came closer than I did, and that's why I was kicked off the force. Together, they solve the cold cases no one else can. That's when things got weird. And we haven't even gotten to the torso yet. If they don't kill each other first, that is. Well, you've got another thing coming. You know, I think it's you've got another thing coming. Or perhaps there's something else between them. Well, if the feeling's mutual, call it a mutual feeling. Arden. A podcast about crime, romance, and everything else. Season 1 and 2 now available. Brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good people.